Wake up, NHL fans. It is Thursday. This is your morning cup of hockey alongside Kobe Cohen. I'm Johnny Lazarus. We have a loaded show today with John Bucigross and Shane Pinto joining the show. But before we do anything, we are presented by Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey, which is artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own. We're going to talk about the Arizona Coyote situation today. We're going to talk about the Mikhail Sergachev injury, as well as the hit on Jake McCabe. We're going to talk about Shane Pinto and his situation uh, as we finish up the show. But a lot of things to do, a lot of things to talk about. Kobe Cohen, why why are you like lean back? What's going on with you? You're usually just like, uh, you know, fired up to talk to me. What's going on? I'm just enjoying this uh, half-hearted introduction that you're giving us into our show today, a show that's that loaded with entertainment. I mean, there's we got two pretty entertaining guests coming on today. I'm expecting a little bit more energy out of you this morning, buddy. What are you tired? Late night that, last that, night? That was half hard. You let's see yours. You do it. What do you mean? You, you already did it. Give me an intro. Give me an intro. Stuff. Don't be scared. Uh, how about this? I'll do the intros next week, and then we'll see who who does the intros better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do that. I'd, I'd love to see that. You do just sound a little bit tired last night. Were you in that Rangers press box a little bit late or what? Yeah, the the game, you know, I probably got home at like 11, 15, 11, 30 last night after the Ranger game. Um, you know, a couple of big wins, got to write some stories, got to do some work. Uh, long day yesterday, though. I was at, you know, I did the show, then went to Tampa's morning skate, did um, an interview with Mitchell Chafee, did a skate with Brennan Hagel. So a good content day at, at the skate yesterday. Then I actually had to go to the bank and do some bank stuff. Um, I'm surprised you actually know how to do those things. I would assume yeah. that your parents would still handle your banking for you. No, no. Well, my, I, I do banking through my brother-in-law. So I don't know if that. All right. But that's one, that. you know, having banking through a family yeah. member is one thing, but having your, your parents actually handling your day-to-day banking no. is a completely separate thing. No, that you're not. And today I'm actually going to get my passport fixed. So, uh, you know, so it's a big adult week for me, passport stuff, bank stuff, taxes. I think, I think I think Karen would be very proud to hear that. Uh, well, she is proud because I talked to my mom. So she, she knows. you should talk to your mom. I talk to my mom probably, if not every day, every other day. I mean, my mom mm-hmm. always wants to, to, to talk to me, especially now that I have a kid before yeah. eh, she probably take it or leave it. But now she's, she's looking for a FaceTime at least every day to see the baby, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, not get too off, let's, let's not get too off topic here. Cause I feel like we're just going to, ramble on and talk about our families. Uh, what did you make of the NHL action last night? Cause there weren't many games, but there was a lot of action and a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, there, there are a number of things that, that were happening yesterday in the world of hockey that I'd like to get in. And you know, the Arizona coyotes being one of those things, but I want to wait until Butchie comes on the show here in the next couple of minutes, because um, I, I, I kind of want to get a little bit of a fresh perspective on, on the Arizona situation. And, you know, he's a guy that travels around as a national broadcaster and is in all these different buildings. He, he, he does a big golf trip with a lot of GMs and former players. Um, so he's just pretty well connected with his ear to the ground. So I kind of want to wait, um, to get into the whole Arizona situation, but, you know, there, there, there were a couple of good games last night. I know you were at the Rangers game. I watched a good amount of that Rangers game, but I, I, I did watch probably more of the Leafs game last night. Um, and look, you know, big night for the core four, you know, they, they, uh, they put the team on their back as they're going to need to, 
Um, but man, you, you see the way that they won that hockey game last night and they certainly didn't make it easy on themselves, you know, with the back and forth, uh, they give up four to Dallas. Listen, Dallas is a good team. They didn't play Ottinger last night. Wedgwood was in goal. Who's a very capable, you know, backup goaltender for the Dallas stars. But I know Toronto wins that game, but I, I just like, is that a sustainable way to, to really win hockey games down the stretch and in the playoffs. And, and I, I don't think it is, it's entertaining, but it's, it's not sustainable for, for playoff level success. Well, what was it about their game that makes you say that? Because obviously I wasn't able to watch, I was at the Ranger game. So can you kind of break it down for me as to why it's not sustainable? Think, was it just the high think, octane back and forth? Look, I think there's just a carelessness with the puck. Um, and, and I think they just give up too many good scoring opportunities. And I think that constantly kind of comes back to haunt them. Even late in the game, they get a two goal lead and then uh, they give up a goal six on five. They don't get a save from Samsonov who, listen, he wasn't bad last night. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Um, you know, but the one thing I will say about last night's game in Toronto is that I, I thought Austin Matthews played very hard. I thought he, 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 he was physical along the walls. I thought he won puck battles. I thought he was good defensively. Um, and look, I, I think for a guy like Austin Matthews, his, who's probably the most pure scorer in the NHL on any given night, I think if he adds that element to his game, I think that kind of will could reshape the Maple Leafs because they're going to follow their best player and he's their best player. So and um, that was a conversation around Alexander Ovechkin before the Capitals ended up winning the cup, right? Like that was the same kind of narrative that he had was, you know, he's got to become a more complete player to really get them over the hump. And, you know, that year he, he truly bought in and, you know, it was no noticeable the difference uh, that was made to the overall group when Ovechkin was playing, you know, physically playing well defensively, doing all the little things that need, need to be done to, to win a Stanley cup. So I feel like that's a little bit of a comparison to 2018 caps. Yeah. Well, it looks like our, uh, our guest has, has arrived here. Um, we got him back in the waiting room. Um, so let's, uh, let's patch Butchie in and, and, and let's, let's talk to him a little bit. We're, uh, we're excited to have him on the show today. Welcome Butchie. Can we, uh, can we, can we bring him in here, Vic? Oh, we lost him. All right. Maybe, maybe he doesn't want to join after that shit introduction. Be, <laughs> be more, uh, be more excited. Colby. we got, we got John Butcheros coming on the show. I'm I'm always excited to oh, so we're uh, we're having a little bit of audio difficulty. Um I think uh our producer Vic's working on that on the back end. We got Butchie in the uh in the waiting room here working on well, you know getting what? him in. While we have a minute, do you know how happy and excited I was yesterday to tweet that Pierre Laviolette confirmed Jonathan Quick was starting last night? Oh, I can after, imagine. After you said that he wouldn't. I, I was actually dying at your response. You're like, suck it, Kobe, to your own team. That was so yeah. funny. I was, I was cracking up. That was good stuff. But, but let me just, that. yeah. Listen, let me, let, let me say this. Um, Quick played well last night. He didn't really get tested until late in the game. He really, the third period, he was phenomenal because that's, that was a big push by, by Tampa. But on the broadcast last night, what are they talking about? Who's going to play the next game? You know, if quick wins this game, who do you play on Friday? I just think, again, you look at the situation and um, are you alienating Igor Shesterkin? I know everybody's saying the right things right now. I know everybody's, you know, doing kumbaya. But ultimately, I just wonder, are you creating a problem that 
you know, you don't want to create with a star goaltender. I know he hasn't performed to that level, but I just think it's a really fine line. And I think Peter Laviolette had a had an interesting situation with Ilya Brizgalov after he got his big contract and Sergei Bobrovsky, um, where he kind of did something similar and created friction between the goaltenders, friction in the dressing room, gave the media something to talk about. Again, when the broadcast is talking about it, you know, Kenny and Bush. What were they saying? Well, they were saying that the Rangers now are in a difficult situation. If they win that hockey game, who are you going to play on Friday? And now against the Blackhawks, that's all anybody's talking about is who's going to get the next start. And, and, you know, and, and Bush said, you got to go with the hot goaltender. I mean, he, he, he mentioned that a couple of times on the broadcast and so did Edzo. So it's just like, where does this whole goaltending situation stop? And, and, you know, are you planning and are you okay with hitching your wagon to Jonathan quick for the stretch run? I, I don't know the answer to those questions. I just think that uh, you're creating a controversy that doesn't need to exist. Well, I actually want to ask you this question. If Shesterkin does start against the Blackhawks and, you know, quick gets the flames the next game, let's say, is it looked at that Igor is the backup if he starts against the Blackhawks or if quick starts against the Blackhawks, is it like, Oh, they're just going to ride quick out. It's like a, a double negative. I feel like uh, no matter what for Igor Shosturkin. It's a story. That's the yeah. reality. It is now a story. And, um, it, it's a tricky one. I mean, would, would they not have won last night if Igor Shosturkin started? I would have, I think. I mean, okay. Uh, yeah. That was some of the best defensive hockey the Rangers have played in two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very long time. You know, the, the Lightning only had four shots on goal in the second period. Like it was a complete shutdown. They didn't have anything going. And and look, the the Lightning finally pushed in the third period, and and the Rangers bend. They didn't break. They did give up a goal, but you can't expect to not give up a goal against Tampa Bay, a team that can can create at will. Um, so look, I, I think overall, um, you, you now have a controversy. You do like, this is what people are talking about with the New York Rangers right now. And nobody would have expected that with, with Jonathan quick. Um, good for him. You know, you got to give the guy credit. He's played very well, but I, I still personally believe that if you truly want to win a Stanley cup, you got to ride your horse. Yeah, I agree. And I think we just got the thumbs up from Bucci. So he's about to join the show and we're very happy to have him. We're very happy this work this morning. So welcome to Morning Cup of Hockey, John Bucciaros, our good friend. Bucci, how are you doing? Oh, you might be muted, Bucci. No, he knows what he's doing here. If, if, if it's not coming through, then we, we've got a, probably a, a technical glitch going on our end. You can see the beautiful face. Yeah. You just can't hear yeah. the beautiful voice. I guess we're going to work on this on the back end because we're not hearing we're him right now, but don't go anywhere, Booch. We, we need you here. We love you. We need you here. <laughs> um, but Kobe, I guess uh, other things we can talk about last night that hitting on Jake McCabe. Um, if you want to dive into that, that Mason Marshman hit, we both agree on this. I thought it was a little bit late and I don't know how there wasn't a penalty on it. Um, you know, you look at the Brennan Dillon hit the other night, not saying that's a better hit, but I mean, a blindsided, uh, a blindsided late, a blindsided late hit is just so dirty. Not a hockey hit. That's not a hockey play. Brendan Dillon, who got three games to me, that's a hockey check. Listen, this is a fast and physical game. There's going to be times where a player is falling forward 
and it's there's head contact. We don't like it, but we just have to accept the fact that it's a physical game. The Brendan Dillon three-game suspension. I got to tell you something. I'm disappointed in in that three-game suspension. I really am. I like George Paros. I love picking his brain. I saw him at the All-Star game. I have a lot of respect for him. I know people love to rip George Paros. That's not really my style, but I could not when it when it comes to his job and what he does, but I completely disagree with three games on the Brendan Dillon hit. That is a hockey play. That is a guy who didn't raise his elbows. He didn't raise his shoulders. He didn't leave his feet. He kept his arms in. It was a body check on a player that had their head down, leaning forward, and it was a bad outcome, okay? The Brendan Dillon hit, I mean, excuse me, the hit on Jake McCabe last night was a dirtbag late check after a guy got rid of the puck, blindside hit, and you could see the blood all over Jake McCabe's face after that happened, Johnny. So, um, I, I, I mean, honestly, like if Jake McCabe would have stayed down and been hurt, probably a suspension, but because he keeps playing first off, they don't even give him a penalty and they don't, they don't even give the Leafs a power play on that. And second off, I don't know, like, I don't really know what is or isn't that a bad hit anymore. Cause in my eyes, the hit on Jake McCabe last night was so much worse than the hit Brendan Dillon just got three game suspension for. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have Butchie on the show today is because he tweeted about the Dillon hit and, and didn't think it was this egregious suspendable play. Um, And him and I talked about it a little bit and really agreed on the fact that like, it was a hockey play. The outcome sucked, but the hit itself didn't have a big issue with it. I completely agree. Um, And, and I think, most people would agree with that comment as well. Um, you know, Brennan Dillon, uh, maybe is, is there a history there? Maybe that's why there's a suspension. I know Brennan Dillon was the guy who, you know, gave Kirill Kaprizov the cross checks earlier in the season that sparked that whole Ryan Hartman situation with Winnipeg and Minnesota. You know, I don't know if that's a repeat offender kind of punishment for Brennan Dillon, but I, I still, you know, I have to imagine that, um, there's, there's got to be some way to look at this Marchman hit, right? Like, can they go back and look at it today and maybe call it a suspension or we'll give them one oh, game? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a- absolutely. They, they can, they can review it today and talk about it, but is, are they going to want to do that? Are they going to want to show up the refs who, who didn't even call a penalty? Um, I have no idea. Like, I don't really know how those conversations go or, or what goes into that. But, you know, ultimately, um, you know, ultimately, I, I just it, it, there's not any consistency. And I think that's what frustrates people the most. And and I know no two hits are alike and no two plays are alike, but they need to find a way to be more consistent with these things, because this is where people freak out and people get upset. And look, I tweeted last night that uh, I thought that the, the, the Jake McCabe hit with that hit on Jake McCabe was way worse than the Brandon Dillon hit. And I got a lot of shit from people, but hockey people former players who responded to my tweet completely agreed. So it was mostly just fans, uh, hockey fans who, who, who thought my take was a hot take, which it wasn't. There's nothing hot take ish about that. Um, but, no. but the, the few players that replied yeah. to my tweet completely agreed with me. You agree with me. You played the game of hockey division one, high level hockey. Pat Micheletti replied to me. He was a division one hockey player, probably played some pro hockey. Like, so you know, again, I, I think those blindside types of hit are way, way worse than than a defenseman coming across the middle for a timing hit. 
looking for a player who actually has the puck. So, you know, I, I didn't like to see that. I really didn't, um, you know, look like McCabe was okay. Other than the blood, he kept playing. He didn't come out of the game. Um, so it, 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 it round and round we go though, like round and round we go with the, with the suspensions and people being upset and people calling it kangaroo court and, and look, it, it, it's a problem. The, the lack of consistency. And let me tell you this too, as someone who's been hit like that, you know, I've, I've gotten hit where, you know, I make a drop pass and I end up watching the pass and someone blindsides me two seconds later and, and lays and lays you out like that. I'm telling you that feeling through your body and, you know, McCabe's a, a much tougher son of a bitch than I am. Uh, I got hit like that against Vermont and I was down. Like I was down for like four or five minutes. You are seeing stars when you get hit yeah. blindsided like that is, is probably the the cheapest way to get hit when someone, you know, gets you when you're, you're not looking and yes, your head should be up a hundred percent of the time. But there are those few moments where you see a guy make a pass and you, you kind of got to lay off. And this was one of those cases where he could have just rubbed him out against the boards, right? You don't have to follow through. And the shoulder goes right to the head, um, the direct point of contact. And, you know, those are the hits you just hate to see and the hits you want to see come out of the game. Um, but I think that's all we, we really got on on the Marchment McCabe hit. Do you want to go into the Sugarchev injury? Because that was, that was pretty yeah. rough, man. Being in the building was, was pretty rough. And this is another hit that... Some people say it's dirty. I don't think so at all. Alexi Lafreniere lays a reverse hit on Mikhail Sergachev, a perfectly clean play in my book. I think reverse hits are actually somewhat of a good play in today's NHL. I haven't really seen that. Oh, listen, that it was it was it was a, it was a good play by Lafreniere. Like, of course, that's what you're supposed to do as a forward when you feel a defenseman coming on you. You surprise them, and you're. It was a. It was honestly a Peter Forsberg esque type of reverse hit executed absolutely perfectly. The outcome sucks. Seeing Sergachev in that much pain, um, you know, I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, honestly, to see a guy down and in that much type of pain. But you were obviously in the building. So give us an idea of, of how quiet or eerie or, or you know, take, take us through sort of the emotion of, of just being a bystander to that. Well, first... I didn't really see what happened originally. I posted the clip on Twitter. I always try to get the clips up as fast as possible so people can, you know, see what happened and react. What I initially saw was Lafreniere's left skate blade like catch the back of Sergeyev's leg. So I thought that's what would ha- that's what happened, but as I watched it more and obviously as people on Twitter were replying, "Are you a fucking moron? You didn't see his ankle snap?" You know, I got to see a couple of different angles and his leg like I'm t- it, it was it was gruesome. Um, it's a very, very hard video to watch his like whole ankle just seems to snap and bend the wrong way. It's, it's so sad too, cause he had just come back from injury. He's obviously a very important player, um, for the Tampa Bay lightning. And, uh, you know, some guys actually after the game, Dan Rosen spoke with Steven Samkos, who said from someone who has been through that, it's tough, tough, to, it's tough, tough to watch. Victor Hedman said, you feel for him. You just pray for the best, but obviously it's not looking good. John Cooper said it was terrible. I feel awful for him. It clearly affected our team a little bit. And uh, Cooper was asked if he has to begin preparing to not have Sergachev for the rest of the season. He said, let's not think that way. So just, you know, you could tell. Uh, what was what? the fan reaction? Um, honestly, it, it was something I've never really seen in person in an arena. Both teams like got off the benches. Uh, the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning were surrounded, surrounding Sergachev, excuse me. The Rangers got off their bench. You saw Lafreniere looking a little, um, you know, 
I, I guess, a lot of sympathy on his face. And, uh, you know, he went over and gave taps to Sergachev. Obviously, he didn't do that on purpose. But both teams, you know, as Sergachev was being stretchered off, uh, you know, went up to him and, and kind of showed their support, showed their love. So it was a very somber feeling in the building. And obviously, you know, the next like 10 minutes of the game were a little bit quieter. And, uh, you know, there weren't like any chance or anything. It's, it's, it's just one of those things where it's a little bit hard to play the game after you see something like that happen. And, um, you know, it is an unfortunate result for, for I, what I thought well, was a clean hit. But, and, and it's good to hear all that stuff, but also like you still have to play the game. Hockey yeah. is a contact sport. Guys are very well aware of what they sign up for, what the risks are. You hate to see a player get injured, but at the end of the day, you've got to finish the game. And they did finish the game and they finished the game. Well, it was a great ending to that hockey game. Um, you know, obviously New York played, you know, I, I would say about as flawless of a, of a first 40 minutes as I've seen them play over the last couple of months, the third period, there was a huge push, um, by Tampa Bay, you know, they get on the board, they get close, they're pushing, they're pushing, but then when they pulled the goalie, they never really got a great opportunity. I, I thought that, um, you know, the Rangers did a nice job with the six on five. So Hopefully, Mikhail Sergachev is going to be okay. I do think ultimately that's a huge blow for them. I mean, I, I guess I'm stating the obvious. I think that probably if he does, if he is injured, like we think, and it's it's season ending, like we would assume, that that puts a big fat chunk of money on LTIR. And it, it makes me wonder what and who... Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning will go after because they're going to have to replace those minutes. I mean, they 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 re- they they moved Ryan McDonough out a couple of years ago. That kind of anointed Mikhail Sergachev as that anchor to the second pair, and and you know now they're in some trouble back there because Sergachev is is a very important player for that team. So, um, you know, we 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 wish him the best. We we hope all is good. Um, well, wait, I, I do want to read what he posted on Instagram. Um, cause it was, it was very heartfelt and, and just very genuine. Um, just in case Sergeyev, everybody in the world doesn't have Instagram. Well, also, yeah, I don't know if people saw this or not, but Mikhail Sergejev posted on his Instagram, I think this morning, uh, and his caption, it was the picture of him. Like what looks like he's crying, like his, his face is in his Jersey. And he said, Oh man, why me? Why now? After all the games missed coming back and getting injured again, feels unfair, feels terrible trying to stay calm and positive, but it's impossible. After doing everything right, I get this. The universe is unpredictable, I guess, and has its own plans, but fuck the universe, man. I know I'll come back stronger and I know I'll play better than before, but it's tough right now and it's going to be tough tomorrow. We all fight our own battles and this is mine. I'll win, always do. Pain meds are good though. If I was in the forest by myself, I'd be dead. Crazy, isn't it? Wanted to write how I feel here. Don't know why, but just wanted to let people that care about me know. I appreciate all your messages. Thanks to the medical staff. And I mean, and I mean, this is like Dan Rosen said, <clears throat> John Cooper said there were a lot of emotions coming out of him in the moment. It's obvious in this post, the care and love that these players have about what they do never ceases to amaze me. This is raw and, and it's real. And, uh, you know, Dan is on the point or, or you know, on point for saying that um, you, you rarely see NHL players come out and, and, and post something like this where, you know, they, they kind of, feel bad for themselves. And and a lot of the time, I think, you know, in the NHL, everyone says, don't feel sorry for yourself. Why it's not, you know, why me, what me, like, like, this is okay. This is a situation where, you know, you you can feel sorry for yourself. Like this sucks, you know, like it's something that's out of your control as a player, but man, like 
just just sucks to see. And, and honestly, <laughs> I, I respect him for being so genuine with that post and, and kind of putting himself out there. Yeah, I mean, listen, to, to each his own. I certainly would never share something personal like that in a public forum. Um, it's not my style. I, I don't really believe in that. I think uh, if you're... If you're the type of person that that is is looking for a response from people, then then you do it. And if not, you don't. Uh, to, like I said, <clears throat> to each his own. I also will say, he did say the pain medicine was good. Um, and you know, when you are uh, in a situation like that, and they've got you hopped up on pain meds, you you do tend oh, to get a little program. bit emotional. <laughs> you you do you do tend yeah. to get a little bit emotional. I remember having surgery one time. Uh, I think it was a sports hernia surgery, and and I I did a thumbs up photo um, on social media uh, after the surgery, and I had no recollection of it. And then when I came to hours later you know, all my buddies, you know, my hockey player friends were, had, had put it in a group chat and like just making fun of me and giving me a hard time for how stupid my face looked. So put, put the phone away when you're on the pain medicine, it, it, uh, it never leads ambient or pain medicine. It never leads to anything good. So, um, let's talk about the Arizona coyotes. Let, let's, let's transition a little bit because I got to tell you, I think yesterday was probably my breaking point when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes. I, I've kind of advocated for it working out in Arizona. I really have. I love Scottsdale, Tempe, that area. I think it's a great area. I think there's a lot of life there. It's it's a lot of young people. It's a lot of people looking for entertainment, for fun. Um, I, I think that uh, it's it's a great area. There's obviously great golf. In, in Arizona, I think it, it's it's a either low or no income tax state income tax state. I think there's a lot of benefits to trying to make hockey work in Arizona. I was excited when ASU got a team. I was somebody who said, look, Mullet Arena is not ideal, but let's just take a deep breath here. Maybe it's not the worst thing. I've called games at the old arena and there were nobody in that. There was 5,000 Coyote fans and maybe seven or 8,000 Blackhawks fans when I was there. So it's not like the atmosphere was good in the old building. So I've always been one of these people that has sort of given them the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's done. Okay. Yesterday on social media, they were tweeting up a storm. They think it's funny. They think it's a joke. It's not a fucking joke anymore. You're making the league look embarrassed. Okay. You're fucking the players out of money because of revenue, because you have a 5,000 seat arena. That's not even your arena. Okay. Your ice has only your logo on one side. Enough is enough. All right. Enough with the stupid tweets, enough with the fake news tweet, enough with the, the joking around on social media. They need to take the cell phone away from whoever's tweeting out in the desert because it's a, I heard it was the owner's son. I heard it was the owner's son that was doing it. Then he, then then Alex Marullo needs to take the phone away from his kid because it's just embarrassing at this point. It really is. Nobody wants the team in Arizona. You've got the Salt Lake City guy clamoring for a franchise. Enough is enough. All right. Everybody says, oh, Gary Bettman's not going to let them fail. They're going to come up with a plan. In my opinion, they're scrambling like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. They have no real plan. They're living minute to minute. The Athletic wrote a story over a year ago how they owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to tax entities. 
they owed people and employees money. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here in Arizona? This is the National Hockey League. It's a multi-billion dollar a year business, okay? If you can't figure it out and hack it, get out of Dodge. The NHL needs to step in here within a week and take this fucking team away, buy the team, sell it for a profit to the guy in, in Salt Lake City, and get out of Arizona, all right? It's a market I wanted to see work, but you know what? You've got a group of ownership that just cannot get it done. Clearly, the buck stops with ownership and the decision makers in Arizona. Enough is enough, Johnny. Well, first of all, that was a great rant. And hasn't the NHL already had to step in once and take ownership of the Coyotes a couple of years ago? Wasn't that the case as well? Like it's just clearly not working there. And I think, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but does it make it worse that Austin Matthews was a number one overall pick that came out of Arizona? Like did that delay the process? Because, you know, people are saying, oh, well, we got to, you know, hockey works in Arizona because no. the number one overall no. pick came out of there. No, no, that doesn't delay the process. No, no. it's nothing to do with it. Bad opinion. Um, Bad opinion. But the rumor is like, you know, Salt Lake City is that team, right? That can take over Arizona. And there is an East Coast Hockey League team in Salt Lake City right now that does have a pretty decent fan base. They like hockey there. They love sports there. It's a great sports city with the Utah Jazz. I mean, they get a ton of support every year. They're a you know great organization in the NBA. I think hockey could work there. And you know, who knows? Even even the NHL, I know we'll probably get into the Winter Classic a little bit after, but Salt Lake City, that'd be a pretty sick spot for an outdoor game. No, like I think that'd be an unbelievable city. The mountains in the background, we've seen it work in Lake Tahoe, even though there were no fans yeah, but during so COVID. Would, so would Denver, and they refused to put, a, put an outdoor, you know. Well, I was, was going to save that, yeah. I, was done, save that. Do, I think they've done a stadium series game in Colorado. They did it at Air Force. Yeah, but like, why? Why has there not been a game at at you know Coors Field or Mile High or whatever? Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I listen. You put hockey in a cold weather market, it's gonna work. People ski, people skate. There's outdoor rinks. There's 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 lakes. Um, you know, up in the mountains, all the ski resorts have outdoor skating rinks. I mean, listen. I think it would be a slam dunk in Salt Lake City. And again. I don't know if the league needs expansion. Maybe they just need relocation. I mean, you know, look, I I, I always want to see more jobs for more people, but I also don't want to see the product get watered down. And and look at how some of these teams are operating with a little bit of a watered down lineup. And and especially when you have a hard salary cap where where you can't just bring in, you know, whomever you want. Uh, you look at certain teams in the NHL. Well, they have a lot of American League level players playing in the NHL every night, and I think it hurts the product. So I, I just I was annoyed yesterday, and and I'll pull some up on my phone. Um, you know, if you're following along with us on the show right now, um, you know, look look at look at the Arizona Coyotes Twitter page. They 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 were tweeting all night last night. Announcement with our plan to stay in Arizona will be coming soon. We have narrowed the list of sites down and we remain extremely bullish that we will have a resolution in our new home soon. Why does anybody believe a word that you guys say? You just lie and you lie and you continue to peddle bullshit across the internet. Their last tweet before that, if you didn't hear it from me, hashtag fake news. Then before that, okay, we have every intention of staying in Arizona and bringing a Stanley Cup to this great state. You just sound like a bunch of fucking idiots 
who can't find a rink. And you're talking about the Stanley cup, like, uh, and then it's who's ready for mullet magic, Arizona versus everybody yotes forever. Like they're making a fool out of this hockey team. And honestly, it's not the hockey team's fault. It's not Armstrong's fault. It's not the player's fault. It's not the equipment staff's fault. It's not the hockey team. It's the ownership group. It's the management executive team that cannot get this shit done. And then you've got some idiot on Twitter, like sarcastically tweeting and shoving it in everybody's face. Listen, players are fed up with it. They are fed up with it because it is hurting league revenue. You've got a 5,000 seat arena. Everybody else has 15 to 20,000 seats that they're selling. Okay. It's a bad look and enough is enough. This Twitter shit is really rubbing me the wrong way. I wasn't really following it yesterday, so I had to play catch up a little bit this morning. Uh, But what was the reaction from people when the Coyotes were tweeting from their account? Were people enjoying it even? It doesn't sound like it'd be something that's even entertaining or enjoyable. I I don't really, I I didn't really look at at the replies. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at them right now. Um, I guess a lot of people are like, Like one guy was like, these tweets are going to look so funny when they announce the fact that they're playing in Salt Lake City next year and the team is getting sold. Like, again, that's what I don't like. To me, they're trying to make a mockery out of a situation where they're embarrassing hockey in general. And and that really pisses me off. Like, you know, have a little bit of class, have a little bit of dignity and, and stop it. You guys are fucking the dog here. I'm sick of hearing about your potential sites. And then Frank Saravalli tweets yesterday, they weren't even on the agenda for the conversation to buy the land that they're constantly, now they've been leaking and that's what they do. They're leaking shit to this person and to that person. So, and then they're not even on the agenda to talk about buying that land trust at Arizona state. So that mm-hmm. means a whole nother month before they can even get on the the agenda when the board and the and the the land trust board meets. It, it's it's all facade. It's all bullshit. They're dragging their feet along, and the NHL needs to put an end to it. They really do once and for all. Gary needs to step in there and say enough is enough. Let's fucking find a real situation for this team who has played well this year. Yeah. Like the Arizona Coyotes have been a better hockey team this year, a better product, more competitive. They've they're drafted with the some good players. Listen, and they've drafted some good players and they're starting to build something. I think Armstrong is doing a nice job of starting to work this rebuild that they're in. So I, I'm annoyed by it. I really am. I know I've now said that a number of times, but it, it's it's got to come to a head here, Johnny. Well, we have a comment from Brad Beatty in the chat, and he said, Colby, until there's a shovel in the ground, I give zero fucks what they say. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, man. Yeah. I really am. To me, it's all bullshit. It's all... And and stop treating us like we're fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I think you've said it perfectly. Um, honestly, probably one of your, if not your best friends that you've had on this show. Um, I don't really have any more comments on it. Kind of want to leave it. Yeah. Let, let's let's hear a word from our, our friends at Seagram's. And then on the other side, we'll we'll jump into a couple of other topics I want to talk about. I know we didn't get Butchie on. Um, we had him on, but there was an audio issue. You all saw his face because he was in for a second. Um, you know, so but we had an audio issue, which just seems to be the 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 crux for us. We can't seem to get this guest thing right. Um, kind of embarrassing. We want to talk about his initiative that he's doing for Barry Melrose. Uh, we are 
potentially going to be joined by Shane Pinto. Hopefully it works. Um, he is supposed to come on in a couple of minutes. We'll talk to him on the other side. But first, let's hear from our friends at Seagram's. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel-aged and set apart. Marked with VO. Artfully blended. Impeccably crafted. As a wedding gift to my son. For the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours. A legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO, growing deeper, reaching out, raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO, make it your very own. So one of the things that we wanted to talk to and, and talk with Butchie about um, was something that he's been working on that I think everybody's probably seen on the internet. And um, it, it, it's something to benefit Barry Melrose, um, who, who's dealing with Parkinson's. Um, I think everybody knows that at this point. And Butchie created a t-shirt um, and it's it's got... It Barry's face on it. Obviously, it's it's a it's a caricature, I guess you would call it. But it's got the cigar and it's got the hair and it's got the beard. It's 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 a great T-shirt. Um, they sold out pretty quick. I know they restocked. Now they're going to have golf ball markers. Um, you can buy them at assistmelrose.com. All the money goes towards research to find a cure for Parkinson's. Um, you know, Barry is a great friend of, of ours. Uh, we worked with him, John Butchergross and him did the NCAA tournament together for 15, you know, maybe not 15, maybe it was like 12 or 13 years in a row. They worked at ESPN together forever. Um, you know, Barry's not going to be with us at the frozen four this year. This will be his first year. He's since retired from, from doing television. We're definitely going to miss him. Um, but make sure you check out those t-shirts. The, the money goes to a great cause and it's a cool t-shirt. Uh, they actually just shipped the other day. So I'm pretty excited to get mine. Um, that's a good look at the logo. You know, I think most hockey people know that that's Barry Melrose, like without yeah. an actual face, like, that that's Barry Melrose, you know, and and I think Barry played such a big part in in hockey for so many of us because he was the voice of ESPN, really, of of hockey forever. When when ESPN ignored hockey, and you know, we know he coached Gretzky, played in the NHL, um, he does the Frozen Four. I mean, he he's just a legend of the game. I think Barry Melrose is a Hall of Famer. I really do. I think for so many reasons, he's just made the game. He's done so much for the game that I, I personally think he's a Hall of Famer. I know there's a number of people that also agree, people that are very well-respected in the game of hockey. Um, so make sure you check out those those shirts, assistmelrose.com, and then butchiot.com. That will have the ball markers and, and probably even more uh, Barry Melrose type of stuff. So... Um, we, we didn't get a chance to, to get into that with Butchie. We, 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 you know, we talked about it anyways. Um, if you have any questions about it, you can always hit Butchie or I on, on social media and we can point you in the right direction. So, well, I want to ask you as someone who's worked with Barry Melrose for so long, do you have like one story that you want to share? I mean, I, I grew up in Barry Melrose when I thought about hockey, like I didn't even think about players. I thought about Barry Melrose because I remember waking up as a kid before school, I'd pour my cereal in the bowl turn on the TV in the kitchen and I'd watch ESPN and you'd see Barry Melrose talk about hockey for about three to five minutes because ESPN didn't really talk about hockey much, but whenever they did, it was Barry Melrose talking about it. So, you know, for kids like me growing up, probably in like the you know early 2000s um, for the 2010s, like Barry Melrose was hockey. Um, so 
know, I think it's yeah, really I cool mean, look, that you get to work with him. I, I wouldn't say that I have one specific story because I've just, I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, we, we spend basically two straight weeks together uh, every year for the last six years. Cause we, we did six frozen fours together and, and regionals together. And, you know, those are, those are, it's about, you know, 10 days on uh, you're traveling together to every meal together, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's every meeting together. So you really spend a lot of time together. And I think my favorite part about Barry is just that like, he's such an, a Western Canadian farm boy. Like everybody thinks of Barry with like the slicked back hair and the cigars and the, the suits that are from God knows how long ago. Um, you know, the, the big baggy suits and everything like that. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that, at heart, you know, Barry grew up on a farm in Western Canada, waking up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, tending to, to animals on his farm. You get the bell in the morning and he's out, you know, doing his work um, before he was able to go to the rink, before he was able to get his ice time in. He had to take care of his chores um, and his different things around his farm. And, you know, he doesn't live out there anymore. He, he, he lives in Florida now, uh, splits his time between Florida and, and upstate New York. But he's a family man. I mean, he still really takes and looks after his entire family. Um, he's very close with his kids, his grandkids. Um, you know, he, he looks after people when we were on the road, he, he's super generous. I mean, the amount of times where at the frozen four, I would have to literally drag him out of a pile of people because I'd be like, Barry, we got to go. We got a dinner reservation, but there'd be 50 people that wanted pictures and autographs. And Barry would stay for every single one, every single one. He's one of those guys that gave everybody the time of day. He made everybody feel like they were super important and it was totally genuine. And it's, it's just one of the things that I love the most about Barry. And he was great to work with on the air. He, he, we had fun. We laughed. Um, we worked well together. Like I said, it won't be the same without him on the frozen four this year, but you know, ultimately it's, it's uh, good for him for, for having a great run of things and um, you know, being the legend that he is. And like I said, I will, uh, I will certainly miss him uh, not having him this year in Minneapolis for the Frozen Four. And I know I speak for Butchie um, when I say that as well, because it's, uh, it, it, you know, he's such a big part of, of, our, of our crew and, and his personality is just so important. I just dropped the assistmelrose.com link in the chat for people that are wondering where they can find it. And also Jeremiah Maxwell did say NHL tonight on ESPN was my jam, which, you know, it was for, for a lot of us. That was awesome. But before Barry's we get to bistro, if you if you if you remember, uh, Barry's Bistro was such a great segment that they used to have on, uh, you know, on ESPN, on NHL Tonight. Um, they would have like the 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 red cloth with the with the white checkers and everything like that. I don't know if you remember that segment, that Barry's Bistro uh -huh. segment that either Butchie would do with Melrose or or Levy or Linda Cohn. Those are kind of the the hockey um, people at ESPN. So. Uh, love you, Barry. I know you're not watching or listening to this. I know you don't do podcasts. He's not a big technology guy. If he was, we would try to get him on the show. Not that it would work if we did, but um, he <laughs> certainly is not. He certainly is not a technology guy, so it'll never happen. But I can tell you this. I have talked to Barry in the last couple of months um, and, you know, he, he's living life down in Florida. 
he, he's enjoying those cigars. He's spending time out by the pool. He's got a nice big flat screen TV out by his pool so he can watch hockey while he lounges and enjoys those cigars. Um, you know, he's, he's a good man and, and he, he deserves the world. Well, Kobe, before we get into Shane Pinto, which we're hoping to, if it works, uh, do you want to talk about the winter classic next year? Cause it was announced that it's at Wrigley field again for the second time, the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis blues. I can't believe we're getting the Blackhawks and blues. I I'm actually very disappointed. I know. Yeah. It's great to promote Connor Bedard and whatnot, but there are so there are so many other teams I'd rather see at a winter classic. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, listen, I, I think the league is just so desperate to have the Chicago Blackhawks be relevant, but I feel like if you would have waited another year, you could have had a, maybe a bet. Like, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be a good team next year. So I think you're probably going to have two bad teams in the winter classic kind of playing a meaningless game. Yeah. Listen, Connor Bedard is, is a new face of the league, but like, I don't know. Like I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think we could have seen way better matchup, way better teams. Um, if you're gonna force the Blackhawks into the winter classic, um, why not, you know, let them play against a, a, a legitimate, you know, team that, that is, is potentially a contender. So, um, I heard rumors of this even when I was working in Chicago. This is something they were working on. I think Wrigley is a great place. I will say that a really cool place to see a baseball game. But I heard the last time they did it with the Winter Classic, I heard it didn't go all that well. I heard there were a lot of complaints and it, it really wasn't put on well. And sight lines were as bad as anywhere they've had. And so... Um, not surprising, but I'm with you. I, I'm pretty underwhelmed by the thought of, of that being the winter classic. Well, who would be your dream winter classic matchup for next year? I mean, we talked about it before. I feel like the Colorado avalanche, they gotta be in there. Like to watch McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, Landeskog would be back next year. Most likely. I mean, to me, that's one of the most exciting teams in all the NHL, if not the most exciting. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I think, um, I I'm with you. I'd love to see Colorado play in a winter classic. I, I really would. Um, you know, maybe a Colorado Detroit winter classic. I mean, mm. that, that could have been uh, really entertaining to see. So um, I don't know. I, I just, uh, uh, again, I, I think there could have been a lot of other better options. Something I'd love to see at some point, I'd love to see flyers penguins at Penn state. I think that yeah. would be a great winter classic. Um, you know, I think Penn State is what a hundred thousand people, and I think they could easily sell a hundred thousand seats to to see those two teams play. So, there are a number of different ways they could have gone, but hey, it's uh, it's it's Connor Bedard's league now, apparently. It's insane the amount of mar or, pro or promotion that Connor Bedard has been getting in his first two years. I mean, listen, I I think it's great, and I think it's good to grow the game by promoting a younger player, but you know, five years from now this kid might never want to do media ever again. Like with the amount of stuff that he does for the whole league, the NHL, ESPN, TNT, Can you hear me? I mean, he, he's got to be exhausted at this point already. And he's only in year one. Yeah. I, uh, I think that uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully he doesn't get jaded Hello? And, and hopefully it, it doesn't push him out. So I, I do think we are going to get Shane Pinto on here in a minute. I think we got him. There he is. Uh, what's up? Anything. Can can you hear us, Shane? No, uh, he can't hear us. All right. Um, we could hear <laughs> him. Um, he couldn't hear us. I think this is just, I think now this is just becoming uh, like a comedy sketch. I, I mm -hmm. think, uh, the, the the whole premise of bringing on a guest is uh it's becoming a comedy sketch johnny 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little frustrating here, but uh, we're working with Shane right now behind the scenes to get him on. He's talking to us, but I don't think he hears us. So uh, he is here. You just saw him. He's ready to go. He's got his big headphones on and his LED lights behind him. He looks like he's <laughs> in know, a college like, dorm. I'm literally dying to ask him about the setup he's got going because you're right. It, it looks yeah. like a college dorm with the lights around the top of the uh, the top of the room. I can he maybe he's so now we're just gonna chirp Shane. Yeah. Now we're just gonna chirp Shane and not let him talk back. So uh that's that's what we're gonna <laughs> my my mom just texted me. Shane Pinto just broke through and said, Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So uh we're 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 getting somewhere. Thank oh, you for, for we appreciate the update, Karen. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bag out. <laughs> oh, I think Shane is still yeah, this is uh this is a mess, but um, how do we transition out of this? Because I don't think this is going to work again. It's your fault, Johnny. Yep. It's actually, yep. I can't even blame you. You brought a guest to the table today. I brought a guest to the table today. We're over. So it's not like I can blame it on you. Um, Oh, we got him, and he can hear us. Oh, wow. All right, let's, 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 let's welcome Shane to the show. Let's let's for for the for the 17th time. Let's uh let's welcome him into the show and uh let's let's get that pretty face right in the middle of morning cup of hockey. Wait, I don't think Vic, you can, can hear you, us. Uh, can you patch him through there, Vic? Can we get Shane into the show, please? <laughs> <laughs> we hear you, Shane. We we do hear you. Um, and it's good. You can hear us. Our producer is working on patching you into the live portion of the show. You're still kind of, uh, hanging off in the waiting room right now, but we, we right. have questions for you, man. And, and All right. there he is. All right. We got him. Here. Johnny, I'll We're let good. you go first, man. This is your guy right here. Well, I guess, I mean, I had a hockey question off the bat, but I wanted to know why you're living in a college dorm room, Shane, when you're playing the NHL <laughs> and what's with the LED lights behind you? No, honestly, um, I lived, uh, I was supposed to live with Sandy this year, get on my team, obviously. And then, uh, the whole thing happened and I had to find a short-term rental and, uh, yeah, just kind of got a little spot here in Ottawa and it's pretty good. You got a Craigslist ad that had led lighting, (laughs) Christmas lighting around the, around the bedroom. I I put these up myself. This was my design. So, (laughs) <laughs> well, they look great, Shane. And, uh, you know, obviously you. we want to, you know, dive into hockey stuff. We're, we're very pumped that you're back. I'm curious in the, in the first couple of games, cause you had, you know, when, when your story came out and everything happened, you had a ton of support from people throughout the league. I think most people were on your side and felt bad for the 41 game suspension. But at the end of the day, hockey's still hockey. When you got back out there, were guys chirping you and talking shit or was it kind of like a, Hey man, like good to have you back. <laughs> um, I haven't got any chirps yet, really. Uh, everyone's been pretty, uh, they've kind of been, you know, each guy that's kind of come up to me, they're like, welcome back. So that's been pretty cool. Um, so yeah, no real chirps. I'm sure as uh, time goes on and we get into some games <laughs> and it gets competitive, the guys will maybe pull it out. But uh, for right now, it hasn't been anything uh, too bad. Just welcoming me back, which has been uh, pretty cool. Surprising well, I from think the Philly fans. <laughs> yeah, that was that's that's probably where I expected it the most, especially in Philly. But um, yeah, nothing. Well, I think everybody in the league is happy to have you back. You're you're one of the young bright stars in the NHL. But just curiously, kind of going back when when you know you 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 find out 
what's going on. You know, you, you're leaving that meeting with Commissioner Bettman, which I, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. But, you know, like what, what was going through your head and what were the emotions like for you when that, you know, ruling came down? Like, how did you even find out? Was it live in person? Does somebody call your agent? You know, what, what was the process like there? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was more, uh, you know, I had a meeting with Gary and then, um, they, uh, they kind of called me like a week or two later and yeah, I mean, I was just kind of, I woke up from, you know, sleeping and, uh, it was from my agent and he told me, and I was honestly pretty shocked. I really couldn't believe it, but, um, then we kind of went through the process of what we could do next. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. I, I don't think I've ever been that, uh, blindsided you know I didn't think it was going to be that long but um you know it's over with now I think uh I took it pretty well and I moved on uh, from it but you know definitely at the time it was tough I uh you know my mom and dad were there for me a lot so uh it was definitely a hard time but um, I'm just glad it's over finally and I'm just back playing it's been a it's been a journey for sure and we promise we're going to put it in the past right after you get off the show. It's never going to be talked <laughs> yeah. about again. But, you know, one thing that I actually found really interesting, Shane, that, you know, I, I don't want to compare, you know, transferring schools and college to what you went through. But, you know, I've been in that situation where the game is taken from you and you're fully healthy and you feel like you can play. And that's arguably one of the most frustrating and, and you know, feelings of loneliness I think I've ever had. And I imagine you kind of went through the same thing. But I remember we were texting earlier in the year. It was probably one of the you know, first few Ottawa home games and the crowd is chanting, we want Pinto. Uh, yeah. And this is maybe before the news comes out or before you sign a contract and whatnot. Just can, can you take us through the emotion of kind yeah. of sitting home, watching that game and, and hearing the fans like chant your name? Like that is a crazy feeling that I don't know if any other player in the NHL has ever experienced. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, uh, the first couple games of the year, it was pretty hard for me to watch the games. Um, just because I was pretty upset not being there. Um, but my dad and my mom would watch it upstairs. And I'd just be downstairs and they uh, like rewinded it uh, and showed me. Uh, and it was awesome. I think uh, my mom was uh, pretty, uh, not emotional, but she was loving it because, you know, she was just being a mom. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I, obviously that's awesome. I think it shows, you know, how much support they, they give you here in Ottawa. I think, uh, you know, sometimes it could be the other way, but um, I think deep down it just shows how much they care and how much they care about their players. So oh, I think that's super special. I don't know if that would happen in certain, you know, markets, I want to say. Um, Not Arizona. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, being in a Canadian well, They market, don't have any fans anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's tough there. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, it's just awesome to get that kind of support. It just shows, yeah. uh, you know, how much our fans love us. So Shane, did you go back and skate with uh, like the Long Island Goals or the Long Island Royals, or what? What did you what did you do to to stay sharp for those months? Yeah, I was uh, I skated with a lot of. I was doing my skills coach a lot. His name is Boris. I don't know. If I know Boris. Ever, yeah, yeah Boris. Boris. I skated with yeah. Boris a lot. We would do like four times a week, just in the morning at Port Washington, just for like an hour and a half. Um, so he was a big part of my kind of staying active and staying kind of mentally ready. Uh, you know, there was definitely times where I woke up and I didn't really feel like doing it, you know, in uh, October, November months. But I think he did a great job of keeping me upbeat. And uh, so I really do appreciate him. Um, but, yeah, I was uh, mainly doing that. And then 
Um, I came up to Ottawa at the end of December and started doing kind of by myself and then got with the team the 10th of January and that was, that's it. Now we're already in February somehow. I don't know if you're feeling this good cop, bad cop energy from Colby and I, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about, you know, scoring your first goal back. You have an overtime winner as well. You got two goals now and you're contributing right away to this Ottawa team that, that needed you clearly. Um, Just scoring that first goal, compare it to your first NHL goal. Cause I imagine this one might've felt better, which is, you know, maybe not the case typically. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think for my first NHL goal, it took me a while to, uh, I think it was like 10 games into my, uh, that kind of 12 game little stretch I had at the end of my college season. So I was kind of holding my stick pretty tight. So I was pretty happy, but this one, I think I saw a graphic between the period when I was doing the interview. It was like 300 days since I scored a goal. Wow. Um, so <laughs> yeah, when I scored, I, I kind of blacked out and the Sally was, <laughs> I don't even know what the Sally was. I was just so fired up, uh, but doing it at the bell center, it was pretty packed there. So it was, um, definitely one of my favorite, one of, one of my favorite moments for sure in my career. So, um, you- it's it probably awesome. not been many. It's probably not been many times in your life that you had to wait 300 days for a goal because yeah. you're you're a guy <laughs> who scored scored at every level since you're a young kid. And and I think and I, it's funny, Shane. Like obviously, you and I don't know each other um, personally. I, I remember you from North Dakota. I, I do a lot of college hockey work, and I always remember thinking to myself, "How does a Long Island kid end up at yeah. North Dakota?" And it's, I mean, you see these Long Island kids, whether it's Johnny going to UMass or you've got, you know, Adam Fox and, and Charlie McAvoy. I know they're not technical. Well, I guess Foxy would be, are they, they considered Long Island? I get Long Beach, New York, Long Island. Those guys are going out to Harvard to BU. And then you got Shane Pinto who, who goes and stars for North Dakota how how did that come about? Because you just don't you don't see the Eastern kids generally venture out there um, to 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 North Dakota. Yeah, um, I think for me, I didn't really know too much about um, the recruiting process because I kind of was late to it. So everything kind of came at me at once when I was going into my 18 new year. <laughs> And I was just at a Lincoln Stars camp. I just got drafted by them, and I had a pretty sick camp. And the assistant coach from North Dakota came up to me, and we started talking. And, um, you know, I didn't really know much about college hockey, honestly. I was just kind of playing hockey, and I didn't really look too much into it. Then my dad was like, you know, North Dakota's pretty sick. And I'm like, really? And then I started looking him up. And um, But, yeah, then that kind of stopped. And then I went into my 18-year year. They came and recruited me for one game. At, at South Canada, it was like that Michigan State, UMass, um, and Penn State. And I had a super good game and talked to all the coaches, went on visits. Um, you know, I was going to stay local, UMass or Penn State, but um, just something about North Dakota. I kind of want to play in the NHL and everything they had there. Yeah. Uh, the coaches were the real deal. They, they were legit people. And, you know, I was offered right there on the spot. And I think I said yes right away. So that kind of, how I said yes. And it was just, uh, I can't really explain the Ralph, but it's, uh, it's something special. What how did the you think of the ice box? I'm more concerned about the ice box in Lincoln. Cause I played in Lincoln too. 
Um, you know what? It's actually I liked I liked uh, I liked Lincoln a lot actually. Uh, unreal. But I right? went to tr- I went to Tri City after, so I thought Lincoln was like the NHL compared to Tri City. Not to chirp Kearney, Nebraska, it just wasn't <laughs> wasn't great. But Lincoln, Nebraska is big time compared to yeah Kearney. yeah. You got the, you got the college right there, the Cornhuskers. It was um it was actually a super good spot. I enjoyed it. it they had a they had a good setup there. How good it's was actually, the light show before the game? Oh, that was the best when they brought the star down or it was like semi down. Um, yeah. Place is actually a pretty sick place to play junior hockey. I think. I was going to say, it's funny that you mentioned UMass and Penn state where your other two options were. you have me and our good friend, Sam Stern, <laughs> Stern trying to, to play with <laughs> one of us. Got to get the shout out for Sterney. He's <laughs> yeah. going to give a shit in our group text. If we don't <laughs> yeah. So shout out to our good friend, Sam Stern shine. Uh, very handsome man, good hockey player. Yeah. We'll add that. Hopefully, to his surgery went well yesterday. Yes, yes. Uh, he's he's going through it right now. But yeah. uh, Shane, I know I sent this to you before the season started. I tweeted out earlier in the year <laughs> that I'll bet my life the Ottawa Senators make the playoffs. So I want you to do me a favor and print this tweet out and put it in the locker room. I'm gonna hang it up. Hang I'm it. gonna hang it up on our uh, in our dry stall area. <laughs> Every time you guys walk out, I want you to remind yourselves that you might be taking a life if you don't go out there and win. So I want that shame. uh, My reply to that was that I hope he's an organ donor. I literally (laughs) wrote underneath. I go, I hope you're an organ donor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's listen, um, there's still a lot of hockey left. I think we got 35 left. A lot could happen. You know, I think we got, we're starting to play well. Um, We'll see how this, this happens out of break, but, uh, We'll see. <laughs> that might be a tough tweet. We'll see. What's, I'm uh, confident what's, in our team, though. We got a good team. What's the difference? Kobe, I don't know if you're like, familiar with the term ratioed, but I've never been ratioed harder than than on that tweet. <laughs> I don't know what that. What does that mean? It's like when people don't like it or retweet it, they just like quote it and comment. Yeah, and just you're, the shit you're out of shredding. You. Yeah. Oh, so so yeah. it's it's. It's a, okay. I, it's a I get that. Okay. I've heard, which is, I mean, you're used to that kind of thing. Yeah. Shane, what's uh what's the biggest difference you, you, you were played for DJ Smith last year. Um, now you got Jacques Martin who has just been around forever. I mean, it's yeah. funny. Like I think Jacques Martin was, he might've been the GM or, or, you know, the head coach of the Florida Panthers in my draft year in 2007. I mean, this guy has just done it all, been everywhere. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the difference like playing for Jacques compared to DJ Smith? Yeah, I just think it's obviously two different styles. Um, you know, they're two different personalities um, behind the bench. I think Jacques uh, kind of laid back and kind of lets us kind of do our thing. And then DJ was just a super energetic and, uh, you know, I just think they have a different way of coaching. Um, I like both of them a lot. You know, I miss DJ. He uh, he was my first coach in the NHL, and um, he did a great job at kind of bringing me in and uh, just uh, just showing me the ropes and being super supportive. And he was he was just such a good dude. And I'm happy he's in LA now. I'm sure he's uh, fired up with that. And then Jock, uh, yeah, Jock's been great for us. I think he kind of settled us down a bit. I think there was definitely a tough time. You know, I wasn't here for it, but you know, I, I would talk to the boys and you know, it was, it was a lot for a while. And I think Jock came in and kind of provide us with the foundation that we needed. And um, yeah, he's been great so far. He kind of lets us do our thing and while teaching us and uh, he's been great so far. So um, hopefully we can kind of keep this little, uh, you know, I think we've been playing well the past 10 games and hopefully we can keep it going. 
Well, Shane, we really appreciate you taking the time this morning. I know there were some difficulties getting you on the show last time, <laughs> yeah. a little bit this morning. So, so we're going to work on that. But before we do let you go, I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Is there anything that you want to let fans know about yourself, about the team? Because one thing you have done really well in the last couple of weeks is the way you've handled yourself in the situation in the media. I mean, every time the Ottawa Senators play and you're interviewed, all I see is, wow, what a respectful, nice young man Shane yeah. Pinto is. Like, you're thanking the media members. So um, I just wanted to give you the opportunity if there's anything you want to let people know about you or the, or the team here. Yeah. After, um, after you yawn. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, He's bored of your question already. No, no, yeah. no. I think, uh, I mean, I've said my piece about my kind of situation, so I've kind of stated what I want to say. But um, with our team, I think, you know, just uh, keep on being patient with us. I think, you know, we're still probably the fourth youngest team in the NHL. Uh, you know, we got the right pieces in place, but, um, you know, it does take a little bit of time, but don't count us out yet. I think uh, we got a nice run in us and uh, hopefully we can make some magic happen. I'm going to clip that and post it right above my. That video clip's going everywhere, Shane. So be, yeah. be I'll probably, I'll probably get shredded for it too. Who cares? It is what it is. It is what it is. I'll for sure get shredded for it, but it's okay. I can take All right. It. Well, thank you, Pinner. We love you and uh, we're yeah, rooting for you guys. And um, <laughs> I promise you, if you ever do come on the show again, it'll be a much easier transition to get you on. Perfect. You'll perfect. never come back after the last. Two <laughs> no, I will. I'll be I like, will. nah, I'm busy. Sorry, boys. I will, boys. All right. Thanks. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you. All right, Colby. We finally did it. We got a guest on the show and it went well. So we want to thank Shane for coming on the show here. Uh, Great to talk to him. You know, obviously he's become a pretty good friend of mine over the last couple of years growing up on Long Island together. Colby, I'm also going to give you so much shit for not knowing that Fox and McAvoy were from Long Island. I mean, like they're smack in the middle. Well, is Jerry, is Foxy from Jericho, New York? Yeah, is which is like right, ne- right next to my town. Yeah, we're, we're town neighbors or whatever. You know what's interesting is it's funny because as I was kind of saying that, I did kind of <laughs> realize that my Long Island, G- like I'm, I know once you get very east and you start getting towards like Sag Harbor and a lot of those places um, out in the Hamptons, yeah. I'm, I'm more familiar with that area, but it's been <laughs> such a long time Cause you know, when we were kids, we used to come up and play the long Island goals and the long Island Royals. Yeah. And I've been to garden city cause, cause I, I have a friend who lives in garden city. So I've spent, but I don't really make it out of Manhattan unless we're going all the way out East. So my, my long Island geography, like where's McAvoy from what town, long, you beach. Know? long beach, long beach, long beach, New York, right. Is, long beach is how it's, yeah. Like, but that's what I'm saying. That's where it throws me off a little bit because I'm seeing Jericho, New York, Long Beach, New York. I didn't, you know, is the minute you you get out of Manhattan East, is that considered Long Island? Like the minute you get out of, is that that's Long pretty, Island? Pretty correct? much, yeah, pretty much. Okay, Once you go through the so tunnel. I'll, I'll 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 take my shit there. My my <laughs> Long Island geography is is not up to par. I'll just remind everybody though that if I were to name, I don't know, the three or four highest people in the government under the president, the prime minister of uh, Canada. Johnny has no idea who any of these people are. So it's, it's, he can't get, you can't just own it. Long Island geography. You got to deflect it on me. You can't just own it. I love, of course, it's always your fault. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. But uh, great show today. It's unfortunate. We couldn't get Bucci. I'm sure we'll have him back on at some point. Uh, Colby has a great relationship with him. So 
We apologize for that. Hopefully, hopefully I still do after today. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, great show today. I want to thank everyone in the chat. Uh, it's been a fun week of the show. We got another show coming next Monday, 9 a.m. So we'll have a lot to talk about after this weekend. Um, Colby, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Super Bowl Sunday, any big plans? Uh, no, no big plans at all. I'll be in Boston this weekend. I'm doing BU Merrimack on Nesson on Friday. I got UMass, the house that Johnny Laz built, and UConn on Saturday. Looking forward to seeing how UMass is playing. I did their game a couple of weeks, well, maybe like a month or two ago. <clears throat> so looking forward to seeing those guys. And uh, haven't been back in the old uh, Mullen Center, is it? I haven't been back there in, in, in quite a time. So um, busy weekend ahead, and Sunday will probably be spent from the couch. All right, well, who's your Super Bowl winner? I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, I like the Chiefs. I don't like yeah. the 49ers. I I I really like uh <clears throat> I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Kelsey. Um yeah, I'm I'm rolling Chiefs all the way. I can't stand the 49ers. They talk so much shit. Um they're they're a big rival to the Eagles. Well, I don't know if you call them a rival, but you know, they they stomped all over the Eagles this year. So, I'm I'm pulling for Andy Reid. Um was a great Eagles coach and and I hope the Chiefs get another Super Bowl. Well, you've heard it here, folks. Colby and I are confirmed Swifties. So uh, we're rooting for Taylor Swift and Travis. Well, well, uh, well, hold on a second. Oh, no, no. We can't, we can't get into no, it. Just no, no, no. No, no, no. It's going to be an no. hour long now. I, no, it's not. I just would like to say this. I don't really understand why people are so mad about Taylor Swift being around football. Like, I, I I'm it. not... I'm not an anti-Taylor Swift person. I'm not a Taylor Swift. Like, her music... I haven't really heard her newest music, but her old music is good. But I don't really understand why people are so butthurt about Taylor Swift being involved um, and around the NA, or the NFL. It doesn't really make sense to me. Like people who are like, oh, she's ruining football. Like who gives a shit? Like seriously, who cares? I, 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 don't, I don't really get the whole thing. So that All was right. what I wanted. We got to another say. hour of the show today because uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Well, no, no I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I want to say one more thing about that. Like, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, there was the carry, what was it? Carrie Underwood, Tony Romo. Like, you know, social media wasn't a thing. Was it Carrie? No, it wasn't Carrie Underwood. It was Jessica Simpson, right? Jessica Simpson and, uh, and Tony Romo. Yeah. I don't Same know. Kind of I'm thing. not really pop culture up to, I don't, I'm not a TMZ right. guy let's, like you. you know what? Let's just end the show. <laughs> um, thank you for everybody that listened. Thanks to the chat. Thanks to our producer, Vic. Thanks to Shane Pinto. Thanks to John Boutros for attempting to join our fault on that one, but I uh, hope you all have a great weekend and we'll talk to you Monday.